Welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we highlight the people, the technologies, and the companies that are shaping the future of retail. Today, we're turning our spotlight on a topic that is near and dear to both Anne and my heart, and that is the future of checkout free, or as some like to call it, scan pay go retail. And we are joined to discuss that topic today by Justin Corbell, the VP of Sales and Business Development for Scandit. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man, this is cool. Like, I think we've been wanting this one we've been wanting to do for, I think it's been a couple of years now. I think we saw you guys first at NRF and we'll probably get into a little bit, but we got to, we got to see some of the very cool demos in terms of everything scan and go can do in terms of barcode scanning, different AR technologies, whole kit and caboodle. But not everyone in our audience has seen that, seen the demo, been even at that trade show. So I want to kind of strip it back and, and talk about who you guys are, because I talk about, put this in context. I talk to a lot of companies who like try to get into the checkout free scan and go space. And the one question I always ask them is, okay, how are you doing the actual scan? What technology are you using? And a lot of times they go kind of blank in the face when I ask them that question, like, well, why is that an important question? So, so tell me, set the record straight for me. When they, when they ask me that, am I wrong? Or is there a whole context that needs to be put around this? Yeah, so, so it is a good question. In fact, we get asked that quite a bit ourselves. Um, you know, why, why does this matter so much? And I think, you know, I, more than anything, it's about the customer experience. So when you have a new technology, so, so as we know, self-scanning or self-checkout isn't ubiquitous in, the, in, the, in North America. Um, you know, we see a lot more or we've, we've been powering those applications in Europe for, for longer than we have in the U.S. And so I think the, the customer experience is, is critical because not only is this directly, you know, tied to revenue, but it's also something that this consumer might be doing for the very first time. So that, that application and, and how that, that consumer interacts with it is super important. So again, the, the easy sign up, you know, is it tied to loyalty? Kind of what, what pieces does it, does it, you know, are all incorporated in the solution, but the scanning element is again, per item that I'm adding to the cart. So if I have a bad experience there, um, and especially when you look at grocery in general, just the range of barcodes, you have, you know, produce, you have custom codes like in the deli and, and produce right. is just one data barcodes. And a lot of your open source software, which is where a lot of people start, doesn't support those codes. Um, and, and even a lot of your, your uh, commercial, um, providers don't offer full support for the full range of symbologies that you can find in the grocery environment. Then you have, you know, obviously lighting conditions and you have packaging, right? So you've got glare and you've got, you know, crinkly right. paper and, and round surfaces. And so, you know, having a robust uh, kind of data capture engine is, is really important. And to, to your point earlier about some of these advanced features, you know, things like augmented reality or, or text recognition, you know, some of those additional uh, things are, are something that we're starting to see get incorporated into, you know, version twos and threes of these solutions. Um, so, so I think those are, those are things that obviously, you know, we can, can, can kind of go on that, that, that journey with the customer and, and add these advanced capabilities as they go. Uh, but yeah, I think more than anything, it's just, you want it to work out of the box. If it doesn't scan, you're probably going to, you know, that item's not getting in the cart. You might lose the whole cart. And, um, you know, I think also just a wide range of devices, right? So, so, right. you know, 
when when you know we have customers in the in the grocery delivery space and you know we're talking hundreds of thousands of shoppers a month with devices from you know the iphone you know 10r and and, and pros and you know the highest end devices yeah, right. right all the way down to yeah some 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 ipod touches you know right, we, we right. see oddly enough so yeah, yeah it, it's you, you got to be able to have good performance across a wide range of devices and you don't get the black car showing up it's sometimes it's the toyota corolla from 1989 and you got to be able to put gas in all of them right that's exactly right keep, keep exactly. them going experience uh, matters right that no it makes sense you gotta you gotta you gotta know how to ride the bike that was great too i could see myself playing that back to a lot of people in terms of all the different ways you broke that out well, let's step back even further then. I think it's important. I think that was a good answer to that question. And I think now before we go further, let's set the stage. So, so what is Scandit? You know, how long has it been around? You know, what makes it great in this space, so to speak? Sure. So um, Scandit officially really spun out of ETH Zurich, a university in Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, that's where our corporate headquarters is. Um, it was uh, a couple of students and uh, actually, I say students, they were in the PhD program. Uh, one was, was a PhD at ETH, another was, was uh, in the PhD program at MIT. They had worked together in Switzerland, had this uh, technology that they created um, as part of the university, and it was a blurry decoder. So what that means in, in, in the simplest sense is our ability to recognize what looks like a barcode as fast as possible, right? So when your camera is open, it's, it's running frames. So our ability to localize and decode that barcode in as few frames as fast as possible was kind of the, the secret sauce, if you will. So, so we don't have to have that image, you know, fully focused and, and all that we were able to, to scan rapidly. Um, so that was really the first uh, few years of Scandit's existence, uh, kind of spinning out of, of the university, um, participated in some different, uh, you know, venture competitions, if you will. So I think uh, uh, the first external funding uh, was from Venture Kick 1, Venture Kick 2 in, in Europe. And then uh, you fast forward to 2010, uh, more, I think Venture Kick 3 we won. Uh, okay. so, so, you know, we'd kind of gone through that route. And then uh, in 2013, uh, really raised our first round of funding. I think we had 11 employees at that time. Uh, we brought in the first kind of outside money or, or, or you know, VC funding. Um, and then, yeah, so, so around 2014, um, started hiring, right? So, so really started to, to spend that money and invest, uh, continuing to hire engineers. Uh, that's, that's certainly one of the biggest uh, drivers of, of, you know, the, the products and the solutions that we offer into the market. So, you know, having that, that, you know, really strong team of, of engineers, computer vision, machine learning engineers, um, and then, I joined in 2015, and so we've been steadily uh, growing um, and raising more money along the way. So, so we, we had an A round in 2016, um, a B round um, in um, uh, 2018, and then, yeah, we just actually had a, a raise of $80 million, um, earlier this year. So, so yeah, even in light of everything, uh, we were able to uh, find some really good investors that that uh, can, can see, you know, what we're doing and, and appreciate that. 
And where is the product now, Justin? Tell us about what Scandit looks like in 2017, and or sorry, in 2020. What year is it? We don't even know. Uh, right. In 2020, <laughs> what does Scandit look like in 2020, and how are you like working with some of your customers? And and if you want to talk about any of those, if you can share those too. Sure. So so most of our um, uh, kind of physical presence, if you will, we we have offices, you know, across the world. Um, with corporate headquarters being in Zurich, we have an engineering office in Finland, an office in Boston and San Francisco and London. Uh, so, so we're we're a very distributed, um, you know, kind of modern day uh, technology company. So, so global, uh, but we do have a lot of people um, in the in the U.S. and, and North America. Um, really, in the last couple of years, we've been expanding geographically with our go to markets so or our sales and marketing efforts as we continue to to grow, um, and and really from a product standpoint, um, we have a few different products that, that we offer, and, and they're really, um, you know, very use case specific solutions that we that we take to the market. So retail is certainly one of our largest categories. We, we also uh, support customers in transportation and logistics, healthcare, and then manufacturing and field service. So, so we do have multiple verticals. Um, we have a global customer base and a global um, um, employee base servicing our customers um, across the world. Uh, when we look at the, the products, so, you know, I think the real core of, of what we do is is data capture, but really what we're what we mean by that is taking a native camera, um, let's just say on a smartphone or tablet, um, and being able to using that camera to to read barcodes, read text, um, take advantage of some of the operating system capabilities like augmented reality, and really you know deliver a an enterprise grade barcode scanning solution on a. a a consumer device so so that lower cost consumer device uh, experience but you're not sacrificing any performance um, really compared to sleds or peripheral scanners or, or even you know purpose-built devices and Justin, like what's a good example of that like what's something i want to kind of put this in like pre-covid and then post-covid context i hear for the conversation to, today for the conversation so like what's an example of, of one of those products coming to life that people could understand say pre-covid Sure. So um, one example is a uh, uh, Levi Strauss. So, okay. so as a as a retailer uh, with 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 locations across the world, uh, they were using a device that that actually had a sled. So so let's just say they buy a two hundred dollar iPod Touch, then they buy a six hundred dollar sled, and, and that sled. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you get it, right? So, so the oh, challenge yeah. is when it's time to refresh those devices, now I have all this additional expenditure to buy an additional piece of hardware that quite honestly, not every employee uses. So what was happening was they were using the barcode scanner for a lot of their, you know, receiving and, you know, inventory management, all those, uh, um, you know, functions, but, you know, really an expensive device and, and, and they didn't need all the functionality that, that they got with it. So, so what was happening was they, it was time for them to refresh their devices and they didn't want to incur that cost of, of that additional piece of hardware. So by moving up to a more, a more current uh, smartphone, uh, they were able to 
you know, they already had their native applications that they were running on those devices. And all they did was take our SDK, put our library into those apps. We did a little bit of configuring around what barcode types do they want to read, you know, and, and the UI and, and the experience that they wanted there. Um, some unique characteristics like, hey, if, the, if I stop using the, the scanner for 10 seconds, go ahead and turn off the camera, right? So just some little, right. you know, functionality and, and, and uh, you know, really kind of built around how they were using the software. And yeah, so, so now, you know, we're, we're rolled out across all their stores. Um, and yeah, the, the, the employees like it, they only have, you know, a, a, a less heavy <laughs> device to use. Uh, everybody already knows how to use the device camera. Uh, and so yeah, it's been really seamless. But the, the benefit to um, our customer is usually, you know, lower TCO, so, so lower total cost of ownership for the devices yeah. that they use. Uh, and then also, you know, a lot of times there's performance improvement. So we have some functionality where I could scan, you know, 10 barcodes all within a single frame. So being able to, you know, let's say take a task like stock taking and make it faster can make those employees more efficient and then they get to spend time doing more valuable things like helping customers instead of, you know, being in the back room scanning items one by one. Yeah, I remember that. That was the most impressive thing from the trade show floor was actually being able to see the entire shelf stock position from just one viewfinder in my personal device. We'll get to that in a minute, but okay, then all right, now let's go post COVID. So that makes sense with Levi's. Now, what are people asking for? Because I have to imagine like the world has changed a lot. People are now really looking at this checkout free concept. Is that true? Like, are you seeing that type of activity, you know, coming into play? We, we are. I would say, you know, at any given time, we're probably talking to, you know, five or six grocers predominantly um, about, grocery. about self-scanning. Uh, but really, uh, I would say in the last six months, there's probably 30 or 40 of those conversations taking place. So, you know, we certainly have companies at varying degrees of readiness. Um, some were already um, uh, doing this. So, for example, we've been working with 7-Eleven um, on their ScanPayGo for, I guess, really since the end of 2018. Um, and uh, Ahold in the Northeast U.S., right, Stop and Shop and, and some of those brands, um, have, we've been working with them since, you know, for, for the last three or four years. Uh, but really some of the new uh, um projects that we're getting involved in are people that are really responding to COVID, right? So, so now it's about how can we do contactless, you know, how can we uh, uh, really kind of give this omni-channel experience, right? Let's give multiple places in which a customer can buy. Um, and so those that are trying to do this themselves, either they, they can use a third party, um, an ISV that, that kind of offers something more out of the box, or they build it themselves. And yeah, I think a lot of it is, okay, we, we know we have to do this. Now, what's the best way for us to do it? So I think now player. there's just that, yeah, they, they, they just accept that, that this is something that they have to offer their customers. And Justin, what are some of the things I'm kind of curious, like as you're seeing this influx of 30 to 40 people you're talking to on a monthly basis, what are some of the things that they're, they're challenged by right now? Or what are some of the hurdles that you've been able to help them get over to kind of get to this next step? Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some simple math around this, um, and there's obviously a lot of data supporting it. But but w one of the things that we've seen, we we actually just did a webinar series on self scanning, and uh, we we brought in um, uh, insider trends. And some of the things that they were telling us is that you know there's about when you when you offer scan and go, you you can expect really at a minimum about a 10% increase in in revenue. Mm -hmm. um, 
they're showing that um, a up to a 25% increase in basket size. Hmm. So that's interesting, right? That, you know, if I'm, you know, shopping in, through any other means, if I'm, you know, spending I don't know, $10, you know, now someone's going to be spending, you know, uh, 1250, right? Or, right. or, you know, they're going to be spending more money with us. So, so that's certainly important. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of infrastructure, um, you know, as you know, you've probably been in some of these uh, uh, stores and it's like a Faraday cage, right? Like, you know, you, you can't even get a cell signal. So, so being able to make sure that the store Wi-Fi is good and that it can handle uh, additional traffic, um, you know, making sure that you, you understand, you know, do you want to support some, some actually include like a, a wand or a, a, an actual physical scanner, um, almost like a shared device where, where people can get one and go through the store. We're not really seeing that as much. Uh, now, right? Obviously, people know. don't want to share devices. Um, but uh, I think the promotions are really important. So, so understanding, you know, how are you going to roll this out, right? Is it part of your loyalty program? Are you doing something with, um, uh, uh, you know, in-store marketing? Are you promoting this? Are, are you messaging, you know, or is it going to be the same application or is this a, a standalone app? So there's a lot of those things that people are, are trying to figure out. Um, you know, shrinkage, you know, or, or kind of right. that loss prevention comes up. I would say that some are more concerned with it than others. Um, but I think for the most part, we're not seeing anything outside of, you know, the, the percentages that already exist within the store environment. So we haven't seen that this leads to any additional shrinkage. Um, so yeah, I think for the most part, um, it's just questions about, you know, how do they do this? How, you know, wh right. what's the best way to market it? And, 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 you know, when, when, when usage grows, what do they do? What are some of the advanced, you know, features and functionality they should consider over time? So yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty, pretty broad ranging conversations, but I think they're all, you know, the right questions. Yeah, that's interesting. Ann and I have always been of the opinion too that that last point around shrinkage is more about an operational design question than it is really about the technology question inherent into what you're talking about too. But you know, I think to that point, one thing I want to ask you about or double click into a little bit is that takes a lot of partnerships too. So as like you guys are say you're working with let's like say like Seven Eleven, you know, and you're and you're you're figuring out how this thing continues to evolve. I, you must be bringing a lot of partners to the table too. Like who who all is coming to the table with this? And across, you know, these 30 or so retailers to have these types of discussions, what other partners need to be involved in this for retailers to think about this the right way? Yeah, I think a lot of it is, do they have their own development resources and they want to build this out themselves? Or do they just want to take a, an existing solution and have it customized for them, right? Sometimes it's just as simple as skinning it with some colors, slapping a logo on and, and you're off and running. Um, we work with some um, ISVs that, that offer these turnkey solutions. Um, we also work with integrators and app development firms um, as needed. But for the most part, the, the ISVs, we work with some that really focus on on the long tail, so like Grocer Key and, and Future Proof Retail, which hmm. are, are working with you know kind of midsize, um, and then Zinnia Retail, actually from from a uh, oh, uh, yeah. Minneapolis area, yeah, so, so <laughs> yeah, a, a, yeah. probably a neighbor of you guys. Um, so so what we're doing with them is is pretty interesting. We we've done some, we've been working with them for several years. Uh, we actually did some pop up store stuff that they were doing uh, with Target, um, and I think. I 
think Vineyard Vines maybe. Uh, so, so anyway, there were a few things that we did there. And then really, I think, you know, since, since this feels very similar to mobile point of sale and, and some of those things that Zinni is already doing, um, you know, kind of having this type of solution is already something that they're, that they're offering. So um, we're in uh, kind of an early trial with uh, 7-Eleven Mexico, which is interesting. Mm. So, so we, you know, a lot of stores, um, uh, but smaller formats. So, so this is something that, um, that, that 7-Eleven Mexico is really uh, excited to roll out. And yeah, that, that's something that we've been working with Zinnia closely on. Uh, and I think it's taken less than like, less than 90 days to get a fully running uh, POC out. That's and it will be much different in production. So yeah, so this is something that can be ramped up really quickly. That, that's, wow, that's amazing, especially given everything that's been going on. Yeah, I think that's an, it's an interesting, like, uh, you know, through line in the conversation too, is I think with, even with all the activity around checkout free retail, scan and go, that there's also the part about the redundant point of sale system that you actually are enabled, that you're actually able to create through this whole process. Like I can remember being in target stores when they had that big point of sale outage, like, you know, I think it was like a year right. and a half ago or two years ago. And I was like, my God, if we had this checkout free scan and go capability running redundantly, not necessarily in replace of, but redundantly, I could have solved all my problems and could have solved all that store's operational headaches that day too. But Justin, where are you headed? You've got all these pilots going and projects going. What's what's kind of on deck for you guys in the next year or so? Yeah, I think from a you know product standpoint, um, you know we we have really two ways that people are using our software. So so we have this SDK that that you know you can put the library into your um, existing native application, and we support all those frameworks like Xamarin and um, Accelerator and some of those. But uh, we also have a, a web version, so so a web SDK. So so people that are building uh, web applications uh, can actually it's just some JavaScript they can actually drop into the the server side and and be able to enable barcode scanning using the device's camera, uh, even in a web application. So, so those two uh, products, um, you know, obviously there is the advanced functionality you get on the native side. So that's really where we're, we're investing um, a lot of, of our kind of R&D dollars into continuing to uh, improve just our baseline uh, barcode scanning capabilities. So, you know, being able to, again, low light, a bright light, glare, compensation, all those things that, that are kind of our staple uh, uh, today, uh, continuing to make improvements there. Um, but also I think it's really around AR. And so, so mm -hmm. AR I know can mean a lot of different things, uh, but for us, you know, having augmented reality on a, on a native device can really enrich that, that customer experience. So um, I can't reveal names, but we are working with a grocer today who has this deployed in an app in a handful of stores. Um, actually, I take the back. 15 or so stores. Uh, but what they've done is when I scan the barcode, it will show me details about the product. And then through an AR overlay, I can click in and actually get recipe information, which then gives me an entire shopping list um, with wayfinding. So it's telling me where is this in the store. Mm. Um, so, so, you know, just enriching that experience where today, you know, again, it's all about that, that, you know, how can I get that, that e-commerce experience, that digital experience in the physical store? And, and that's a great example where I could see product reviews. I, I could see, you know, any additional information uh, you could serve up coupons, right? So again, if you know my loyalty information and I'm trying to scan a, a 12 pack of LaCroix, you might want to tell me that, oh, 
this competing product is actually on sale, right? Mm. So, so there's a lot of things that you can do in the app today. I think we're, we're really at the very basic, um, um, you know, kind of functionality and, and probably to some extent the expectations that people have for what this needs to do. But we, we certainly envision this becoming a, a, a staple for shoppers in the future and, and something that they will use um, just to give them more of that, that digital experience uh, while they're there physically shopping. Yeah, Justin, you mentioned it too. I think uh, you, with the Levi's example, where are you seeing things then go on that front? I think you know, going back to the trade show thing I was talking about before too. Where are you seeing it go on the on the employee side or the sales associate side in that AR realm as well? Yeah, so so that's really interesting. We we have a few customers actually uh, using us for that today. So okay. so in our kind of basic barcode scanning uh, uh, functionality, when you when you add in some of these additional components, whether that's uh, multi-scan, right? So again, capturing okay. multiple codes at once, or giving some some feedback in the app. So you know, not having to take up you know valuable um, app real estate, but just being able to give an overlay with something like inventory levels, right? I can scan a product. Uh, what typically happens on your purpose-built device is I have to scan, then I have to look, then I have to clip through, you know, sometimes multiple screens to get to that information. Uh, but now you can just give a visual overlay, right? Yeah, I could show you inventory levels. I could tell you what should be uh, in the back of house. I could tell you when the next delivery is scheduled. You know, so, so being able to really put more valuable information into the hands of that store associate in real time um, it is something that a lot of people are, are starting to take notice of. So as we talked before, you know, you can lower the total cost of ownership associated with this, but, um, you know, or what our software can do on a consumer device, but being able to see that um, on the employee side and even uh, in B2B scenarios, um, you know, it, whether it's last mile delivery where people are bringing their own device or the store associates and people are, are, are rolling out consumer devices, it's also an easier way to supplement devices, right? So, so we've seen, you know, in grocery where uh, a really large footprint store might only have 10 scanners per store. So, oh, so yeah. you literally have employees that aren't able to perform um, their functions. And so being able to supplement those devices, maybe they're not ready to refresh them all, but just rolling out some, some lower cost smartphones with this functionality can make everyone more productive and you're not really spending a whole lot of, of CapEx mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. And that's, that's been, I've seen that experience too firsthand. And the other reason I love doing the show is that Anna and I have lived retail. Like I want, I actually want to pull what you just talked about in context. Cause the way I think of this and when I saw it, just for everyone listening, if, if you've ever been in a store or worked in a store, what this means is I can literally hold my camera up to an entire aisle of shelves, say at a Walmart or target. And I can literally see the inventory disposition of everything that's supposed to be there through my viewfinder. So the amount of time that's, that saves me in terms of merchandising and zoning, Versus old world where I had to go and scan each one of those things to find them individually. I can see it all once through my viewfinder. And that's, that is powerful when you start thinking about what that can mean from an operations perspective, especially considering what you talked about with devices and whatnot too. Right. All right, man. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and I think the whole customer side of it too. And what that, if you have this, this level of, of scanning capability on, on the, in the back of house, what that also means for the front of house experience for the customer. Like we said earlier, Justin, you know, it, it's about whether it's the third party delivery person or me as a person using scan and go for the very first time, making sure that we have that consistent experience across the board is going to be really important as this technology rolls out too. Yeah, Justin, you're, I mean, to that point, you're like closer to anybody on this. Like, 
five years out, what are we all doing with our mobile phones inside a store? Like, how do you envision that? I mean, you're, you're on the front lines. What are we all doing? Like, how's this going to work? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, the, in, in most, you know, kind of, uh, uh, technical evolutions, you, you end up with things getting smaller, right? Yeah. Uh, but I keep looking at smartphones and they keep getting bigger. <laughs> so, so, so I, I think, you know, one of the, 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 the Apple rumor sites is, is talking about the, you know, whatever is being announced, I think tomorrow it's, it's, you know, all, all these devices, they're, they're getting bigger and bigger. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure what, what it's going to look like, but we do know that the capabilities continue to uh, uh, improve, right? So, so the camera quality, the image sensors, the processors, um, you know, I, I certainly, you know, LiDAR, right, is supposed to be coming out on one of these new smartphones. It's already in some of the, the tablets. So, so what that gives us is the ability to do a lot more, you know, mapping, right, of, of that physical world, being able to recognize a lot more. So, so to your point, you know, being able to scan a, a three or four foot shelf section with a smartphone, just, you know, being a few feet back, really is because of the camera capabilities, right, that, that exist. So, so as long as those continue to improve, you know, you'll, you'll have a lot more, um, you know, kind of spatial recognition. You know, there's a lot that we'll be able to do, plus, you know, our approach of doing things like, you know, leveraging machine learning to, to help you recognize an object, right? So, so this could be as simple as, you know, oh, I see a box of frosted flakes, but oh, you know what, that's the wrong box. And so mm -hmm. just having the camera oh, recognize that. that could could be huge, right? So, right. so computer vision not works for website operations, but now you can actually put it into store operations to make sure everything's that's exactly, fast. exactly. So, so, and that's something that obviously takes a lot, right? So, so you have a huge, you know, maybe a, a, a image database that you have to work through, and those change frequently. So, packaging and all of that uh, can be a big issue. But they don't have to go change their entire supply chain; they can just provide that, you know, I'm thinking of a CPG can make that information available to, to their retailers. And then, yeah, you feed that into the, the software and it can help you detect those things. So, so that, that's, that's certainly big. Uh, but yeah, I, I imagine, you know, the, the object recognition is, is certainly big and something we're already working on. Um, and yeah, I think augmented reality is going to continue to evolve and become more accessible. And, and I think, the biggest thing is finding what's that practical use. So we're starting to see it, right, with, with recipes or, or sure. with, with special offers, coupons. Um, and and I, I imagine that's going to evolve quite a bit as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ROPS too. Yeah, no, that's fast. It's interesting. Like, I, that's a whole nother angle that I'd never even considered prior to this conversation around like why kind of this scan and go or even, I don't even know what you call it on the employee side. Maybe it's the same thing, but like there's, there's just such a there's so many angles to this as the next step in the evolution of retail and, and, and so many pivots that retailers can take by starting to think in this way with this being the underlying foundation. Fascinating stuff. All right. And we're running, I think we're running along on time too. Yeah. So. We'll get it. Let's get into how millennial are you? You got to do you this. Yeah. I don't know. Especially the first question. Uh, okay. Justin, when you're paying for your groceries, uh, are you pulling out a credit card or are you using some form of mobile payment? Please answer this the right way. <laughs> yeah, you don't have a what's choice. A, what's, a, what's a credit card? <laughs> um, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm certainly Apple pay, um, at wherever I can. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I, I would have to go to a credit card as a secondary option. Okay. Good, right. good answer. I like that one. <laughs> Uh, in the last week, how many times have you ordered food or coffee or beverages from an app? 
Ooh, so can I count my wife in this? Yes. Full, so, full household. If she wants you to, yes. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> for, for the sake of this, she'll never know. Um, for, uh, yeah, probably five, well, no. So, so food plus grocery. Yeah, so at least, at least eight wow. a week. Okay. That's a solid number. Is that mostly grocery? Um, grocery would be two or three of that. So between okay. Instacart, Shipped, Target, and some stuff she does direct. Uh, yeah, I know those are, those are the big four. Uh, and then, yeah, some, some food, you know, three or four times a week. What? The local restaurants. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. Uh, all right, last question. If you could only use one social platform, which one would you choose and why? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm not a great self promoter, so I don't really spend a lot of time on social media, but I do have a Twitter account where I mainly stalk things. Uh, uh, but LinkedIn, maybe, um, I would say Twitter, I guess. What's, do you have a guilty Twitter follow that you want to share? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, probably a comedian or something that just disrupts the normal course of things with something that you can just laugh at, especially right. today, right? So, so I'm finding humor has to be, uh, you know, a bigger component. It's, it's, it's taking a bigger percentage of, of my time to, uh, you know, decompress a bit. It's a delicate pick on a business podcast, too. You never know who, who, which comedians are, are business approved at this point in time. This but, is yeah, true. Uh, this is yeah, true. Uh, that's what we hear that a lot though. Twitter for just kind of the general scan of the news and what's happening. So I don't know. And how do you, how did he do? How did he do? I think you did a great job, Justin. I'd say you're pretty All millennial. Right. We'll, we'll give it to you on this one. I think. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I was really worried. I would date myself. Just, he wore the hoodie just for the whole interview. That's oh, like, yeah, that's true. That's it. But, Right there, that alone, that alone should qualify you for, for the man on the front end of scanning go mobile technology. Yeah, there you right, go. right. Of course, I don't in, like in, this, in this work from home world, you know. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. All right, well, hey, that was a ton of fun. I, I learned a lot too, which is our goal of doing this. You know, each and every time that we do it, especially you know towards the end there, I thought there were a lot of really good nuggets that I hope for all of you listening out there, you um, really tune into that segment especially because there was a lot of great stuff to take away from this conversation. Uh, Justin, if people are interested actually in, you know, having this conversation to an even greater, greater degree with you or say they want to check out more and learn more about Scanit, like what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I think uh, easiest might just be go to scandit.com. There's a lot of robust information there. We have a lot of resources, case studies, a lot of videos actually showcasing some of these things that we've talked about today. Um, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Justin Corbell, C-O-R-B-E-L-L. -L. And yeah, happy to uh, talk directly or get you in touch with the right folks. Great, awesome. Yeah, again, for those listening, I think this is one company definitely to pay attention to, especially in terms of how everything's evolving you know, with COVID-19 and the pandemic. So again, it's Justin Corbell, VP of Sales and Business Development at Scandit. Justin, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Chris and Ann, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah, absolutely, man. And to everybody out there, we say it every week, be careful out there. <laughs>